1: I'm all about the rice that's over here this is like the (laughs) she's not about the chicken she's just about the rice it's the 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 rice that's been cooked in like chicken stock and it's nice a little bit oily and yeah i'm all
2: for it garlic pandan let's go (laughs) it okay dig in Hainanese chicken rice is a deceptively simple dish of poached chicken and seasoned rice usually served with a small selection of garnishes and condiments ...including sliced cucumber and chilli sauce. But just where is it from? Most people would likely
1: agree that it's best known as being Singapore's unofficial national dish.
2: But if you delve a little deeper, then things aren't as straightforward as they seem. As you might have guessed, the clue to its origin lies in its name. The dish we know and love today started out as Wenchang Chicken... ...which was popular in the far south of China in Hainan Province which is also known as the Hawaii of China. However, the reason Hainan chicken rice became so famous
1: is down to what happened in the 1880s. That's when people from Hainan migrated
2: all over Asia looking for work. Now you'll find that nearly every country where Hainanese migrants move to has its own version of the dish. But we'll need to learn a little about the history and the dish before we can decide who is best placed to claim Hainanese chicken as their own?
1: Today on Eat Drink Asia, we delve into this most succulent of chicken dishes, tracing how Hainanese chicken rice traveled from the far south of China and ended up being
2: served in restaurants in Malaysia and Michelin-starred hawker stalls in Singapore. It started out as a meal that was very simple to prepare, in by people living around the town of Wenchang in the tropical Hainan province in southern China.
3: It started from this uh, particular chicken dish, which is called Wenchang chicken. It actually refers to a particular breed or type of chicken. The breed itself is so good. It's just blanch and parboil, and then when you want to eat, you just dip with some sauce and, and that's it.
1: Then the Hainanese took the dish with them when they started migrating east across Asia.
4: During this big period, between 1880s to 1940s, most Chinese uh, migrants uh, moved over to Malaysia to work in tin mines. The economy was very good. They saw it as a land of opportunities. That's why we had massive uh, migration from China.
2: But the place they moved to wasn't actually the country we know as Malaysia today.
4: At that time, Malaysia was Malaya, and Singapore was a part of Malaya.
2: And that's where this friendliest and most
1: passionate of rivalries really gets going.
5: It is ludicrous that Singapore tries to
0: claim it as their own, but this is part of the course. Having not done any research whatsoever, I'm going to say Singapore invented this dish. It's something that we're known for globally, maybe across the universe as well.
2: Whoever it does belong to, what everyone does seem to agree on is that the quality of the ingredients and the way it is cooked is absolutely vital to the subtle flavours.
6: The type of chicken we use
7: has white feathers, and it is leaner than the breed of chicken other places use. After we post the chicken, it goes in an ice bath, where it develops a layer of jelly between the skin and the meat, which contains a lot of flavour.
1: I'm Alkira Reinfrank frank And I'm Bernice Chan. This is Eat Drink Asia, where in each episode we deep dive into an Asian food or drink that's gone global. Stay with us. Hainanese chicken rice has many devoted fans, many of whom, it seems, are very vocal about their love of the dish. Two of them are actually our colleagues.
0: Hi, I'm Shea. I'm from Singapore and I'm obsessed.
5: Uh, Hi, I'm Hari. I grew up in Malaysia and I'm mildly obsessed.
2: They are ideal candidates to show us how this most humble of dishes can stir up so much passion between the two nations. And we decided the best way to
1: demonstrate this was to order Hainan chicken rice for them.
0: Why are you pouring it over? Because that's the way I eat. Malaysian.
2: Indeed, aside from any discussion about its origin, how to serve it also results in wildly differing opinions from these two.
0: Hari and I are eating it in very different ways. I put the the black sauce on top. It's a very thick, soy saucy sort of thing on top of the rice. Hari's poured whatever was poured on the chicken onto the rice and is putting chilli on the
5: rice as well. The good chicken rice lives or dies by the quality of the chilli as well. It makes a big difference.
0: For most people, eating without the chilli is almost blasphemy. Yeah. Um, That's because Singaporeans or Southeast Asians, I guess, just like putting chilli sauce on top of everything.
1: Funnily enough, it turns out the one thing they do agree on is which bit of the chicken they like best.
0: In Hong Kong,
5: it's very rare that you can get chicken breast, and I like chicken breast, which is also going to be blasphemous because people are going to say that they like the meat that's on the bone better.
0: No, I'm with I'm you. Huh? Uh, breast is best.
2: We'll leave it to these two to finish up their food. And in the meantime, let's look at Singapore's side of the story. Singapore is known globally for its amazing hawker
1: food. So much so that only last December, its hawker stalls were given UNESCO's intangible cultural heritage status. It joined the likes of Neapolitan pizza makers and
2: Belgian beer brewers in doing so. Not only that, there are no fewer than eight restaurants or hawker stalls in Singapore that serve Hainanese chicken rice and have been awarded either one Michelin star or bib gourmand status.
1: Indeed, pretty much any article you might find online will say that chicken rice is the
2: unofficial national dish of Singapore. And that's backed up by a well-documented history of it being cooked and sold around the city. Brian Wong is a
1: Singaporean who researches the history of Hainanese cuisine in the city-state, as well as being a financial planner by day. He says chicken rice shops first started popping up in Singapore in the 1940s. The first
3: recorded chicken rice store... It was apparently like a roadside store. And then eventually it moved to have its own shop. It was at this area where uh, we call it like uh, the Hainan streets. It's quite near to Raffles Hotel, uh, Boogie's area. So that area is where, where, where all the Hainanese, uh, when they came to Singapore, they were all staying there.
2: That restaurant was run by a man called Wang Yi Yuan, who trained another chef, Ma Li Tui. Then he started his own restaurant in 1949, which is the one that is widely recognized as putting Hainanese chicken rice on the map.
3: The one who started, there's this guy called Mo Li, Mr. Mo uh, is the one who used to work for this Wang Yiyuan. He brought this dish from Wen Chang to Singapore. So he was from Chonghai and then he went to Wen Chang to learn how to make this dish. And then he had this Mr. Mo to came and work for him. Mr Mo eventually set up his own, which is the famous uh, sweety chicken rice.
1: But those accolades and this well-recorded history aren't quite the whole story. We found out that Singapore also does an incredibly good job of selling itself.
3: We did promote chicken rice somewhat like a national dish, and we, and we promote our food to the tourists. So I guess we are better in
4: promoting and, and stuff like that. Hi, I'm Norman Musa. I was born in Malaysia. I'm a chef and I've written my cookbook, Amazing Malaysian. I moved to the UK and I've been busy promoting Malaysian cuisine in Europe for 10 years.
1: Norman agrees with Brian that Singaporeans are excellent at marketing.
4: One of the good things that Singapore done is like uh, they're very good at doing marketing and how they commercialise that. And of course, uh, for us Malaysians, I mean, Nasi Lama, it becomes our like a number one kind of dish in Malaysia. So... Hainanese chicken rice becomes like a second best but still a favourite amongst Malaysians so uh, that's how Singapore well I wouldn't say that they see that as an opportunity but um, that's how they highlight the Hainanese chicken rice and for us like we more like promoting uh, nasi lemak as our main dish
2: What Norman just said is absolutely vital to how we continue the story he explains that while Singapore's story is best
1: documented, possibly somewhat controversially, Malaysia may be better placed to claim Hainanese chicken rice as its own.
4: In Malaysia, we don't put the date, especially like for the cafes or restaurants. But if you go and ask like the stall or cafes, they will tell you how many generations been running that stall or cafes. You see, they can't give you the exact year when it was actually it was opened. But I've done my research on that. Actually, we have this Hainanese chicken rice restaurant that's been opened like, since 1930s. So the name is Nam Hyeong Chicken Rice in Kuala Lumpur.
1: So how does Norman back up this claim?
4: We're very lucky that because this uh, restaurant, Nam Hyeong Chicken Rice, they put the date there. So it showed to Singaporeans that chicken rice actually comes from Malaysia.
2: There's one more crucial aspect to this story that we need to explain to really understand the crossover between the two nations. Time for a quick history lesson. So we have Singapore claiming its first restaurant selling chicken rice opened in the 1940s, and Malaysia countering that with their first opening in the 1930s. But what you need to know is this.
3: Singapore and Malaysia, uh, we are once the same country, right? We were all under the British.
2: At the time we're
1: talking about, that's the 1930s and 40s, neither country existed. Instead, they both formed part of what was then British Malaya. It was 1963 before Malaysia became a country, which included Singapore. Two years later, however, Singapore broke away from Malaysia to become its own country. That's what
2: makes solving this debate so complicated.
4: You have to think it this way. Uh, Singapore was part of Malaysia before. So if Okay, I know Singapore is going to hate for me to say this, but if you imagine that Singapore is still a part of Malaysia, it will be considered as a regional dish like we have all in Malaysia.
1: Our colleagues Hari and Shay both reckon that this is very important to understand. Though, of course, that didn't help them to agree on a conclusion to the debate.
5: It's an immigrant dish brought by people when, you know, Malaya was a thing. The dish was there, it was being eaten in those lands before they existed as
0: countries. Yeah, so th- this is true. Um, in my weaker moments, I do admit that um, it's, these dishes are across Singapore, across Malaysia, no one can really claim a hold of it. Um, it's part of the, the southern Chinese migration, you know, in the early part of last century. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a bit silly to, you know, claim stuff, but on the record, it's Singapore's dish.
1: As Shea mentioned, migration is another absolutely vital part to our story. And of course, the name Hainanese chicken rice really
2: suggests it doesn't come from either Singapore or Malaysia originally. Exactly. It evolved from a dish brought over by waves of migrants from Hainan province in China.
4: So we had two important dates that uh, migration happened to Malaya. One is during the, the Malacca period. So that was back in like uh, 15th, 16th century. And then the second one, the peak period, between the 1880s to the 1940s, most Chinese um, migrants have moved over to Malaysia to work in tin mines. The economy was very good. They saw it as a land of opportunities. That's why we had massive migration from China.
1: And though they may have started out looking for work as tin miners, some of the later migrants quickly found other opportunities using skills they already had, particularly after the British left.
3: The high in Singapore and Malaysia, we were involved in a lot of F&B trade. Most of them were either cooks, cookboys, chefs, and, and helpers in the kitchen after the war, after when the British left. They had to find a way of living. So a lot of them came out to set up stores, roadside stores, uh, restaurants, and, and things like that.
2: The dish those migrants brought with them to Southeast Asia was originally called Wenchang Chicken.
1: It was subtly different to what it has now become, partly because of the availability of ingredients and partly because people tailored it to their changing tastes. The Hainanese migrants started using local breeds of chicken and varieties of
2: rice. They also started serving it with more sauces. So what happens if you try to order that original style chicken in Hainan nowadays?
1: Both of Brian Wong's grandparents were originally from the Chinese province and his maternal grandfather's from Wenchang. Brian last went back there in 2019.
3: Two years ago, I went to Hainan and I went to Wenchang. I was quite curious to of course, to try um you know like how is Wenchang chicken, how is it being served? Uh, I like to find out the you know whether they serve with chili and, and 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 things like that. You know, how do people eat it in the past and what is it different from Singapore and uh, Singapore, Malaysia and, and, and Wenchang? But these days, um, you know, a lot of things have been introduced back to Hainan. It's really very hard. Like they In, in Haikou, you eat chicken rice with the, the kind of chilli that we eat in Singapore and Malaysia now.
2: But with a bit of perseverance, he did find the original, where the Wenchang breed of chicken is the star.
3: The bird itself is small. The skin is thin. The meat is tender but chewy. It comes with a bite. The meat is very different from what we have in Singapore and Malaysia. In Wenchang, the few shops that I've gone to, they don't serve with chilli. The only chilli they have is the the yellow capsicum, the small little capsicum that um, Hainan is very famous now. The dip is just a simple like oil with the calamansi and garlic ginger dip. In Wenchang, it's really quite simple. It's very different from what we have here.
1: And our colleague Hari agrees
5: you can go to Hainan and you don't get this exact dish. This was brought by immigrants from, like many dishes in both Singapore and Malaysia, were brought by immigrants from certain regions, who then put their own spin on it with local ingredients, and it became its own thing while still being um, a heritage from their places of origin.
2: So, before we make any conclusions on who can ultimately claim this dish, let's find out how Hainanese chicken rice is made today from an expert.
6: Hi, my name is Anthony Tang from Kintin Hainan Place Chicken Rice Restaurant.
1: Their original hawker stall in Singapore has been awarded the Michelin Bib Gourmand,
2: And now they have three branches spread across Hong Kong. Anthony invited us over to their central kitchen to see how they make their version of Hainanese chicken rice. To get a sense of just how
1: busy this kitchen can get, we asked him how many chickens they cook there each day.
6: Normally it would be 180 to 200 each day.
7: And you get six to eight portions from each chicken
2: and although they have more than just Hainanese chicken rice on their menu, it is incredibly popular with their customers.
6: 通常, Practically every
7: customer that comes in orders Hainanese chicken rice.
1: They also try to ensure it's as close to the Singapore version as possible.
7: The type of chicken we use has white feathers, and it is leaner than the breed of chicken other places use. Some people might prefer that yellow chicken over the breed we use, but we try to follow the exact same cooking steps here in Hong Kong as we do in Singapore.
2: Let's see
7: how they make the rice first. First, we heat up the chicken oil. Then we add a whole load of garlic and some pandan leaves and fry it until the garlic is golden brown.
6: Then
7: we add chicken stock and the rice. We stir it vigorously until most of the liquid is absorbed on a high heat. Next, we turn the heat down. Put the lid on and steam it for 15 minutes.
1: So now the rice is steaming, how about the
6: chicken? First thing in the morning, we make the stock from
7: water and chicken bones. When that's ready, we wash the chicken and put it in the pot with the stock. It takes about 15 to 18 minutes to poach. After the chicken has been poached, we immediately put it into an ice bath. It stays there for about half an hour. That's where it develops a layer of jelly between the skin and the meat, which contains a lot of flavor.
2: Finally, the chicken is chopped up, some chicken sauce is poured over, and it's served alongside a bowl of that fragrant rice.
1: There are also three sauces that are served with the dish. A really thick soy sauce, a crushed ginger one with oil, and some chilli sauce.
6: Our
7: chilli sauce is a special recipe that only family knows. It's a little bit spicier than the usual chilli sauce.
2: Let's give it a try.
1: The rice is all so fragrant. You can smell the, the garlic... Definitely the garlic. Definitely the garlic. And the chicken
2: oil. Mm. I'm
1: going to try some first without the sauce. Yes. That's really nice. Very nice poached. Super juicy, really nice poached poached chicken
2: with a nice sweet sauce. Sweet and salty. It has that little gelatin layer in that. Did you notice mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. where it's a lot of flavor.
1: Yep. Uh, I'm going to jump into the rice though. So good, (laughs) it's so delicious. I love the yeah. It's just such a simple dish, but like we said earlier, it's it's not that simple. No, well, there's lots of things, but like it seems really simple. Like it's just poached chicken, but it's all the subtleties that go within it, right? Oh man, that rice is
2: honestly so good. Obviously, the chicken as well. It was, but we still need to conclude this debate over who can claim the dish as their own. Here's Norman, the chef and author again.
4: This kind of debate has been going on for years, many, many years when it comes to um, um, Malaysian dishes or Singaporean dishes. Looking at the history, how all the dishes have been brought over by all these immigrants, you can see clearly that it was brought to Malaysia. But um, at that time, Malaysia was Malaya. And Singapore was a part of Malaya.
1: And his keen heritage enthusiast, Brian Wong.
3: I think it's not just Singapore and Malaysia. We are all families. So I think it's something that's worth sharing. Hopefully, both countries can share this together.
2: Even Shea and Hari agreed to a truce.
0: It's kind of like your brother. uh, Only you can make fun of them. And if... if sort of a debate ignites that results in Singaporeans travelling to Malaysia to try a dish and vice versa, then, you know, I think that's good for everyone because they're very similar cultures. The foods are very similar. Um, And as long as we celebrate these uniquely Southeast Asian dishes, uh, you know, causeway cuisine, as I'm terming them right now, then
5: everyone wins. I'm saying that it is quite beautiful that both Malaysia and Singapore think that a dish that literally has a different place in the name of it it's very close to their national hearts and it's kind of nice that you can celebrate immigrants that way.
1: I think that's a perfect way to sum things up. Benice. what do you reckon? Who can claim this dish?
2: I don't think either country can claim the dish. I mean, it says it's Hainanese chicken rice, so it's from Hainan, right? I think that, yeah, I think that's true. Like, I, I, I came into this wanting to know
1: who you know which country could really claim it but there's honestly it's at this point it's who's talking louder over each other there's just not enough facts to back it up i think the only thing that we do know is that it is a it's a dish that was brought over by migrants and it's celebrating you know this Hainanese migration and i think that's what's really amazing so i think both malaysia and singapore need to chill out a little bit (laughs) with their debate
2: but I still think Shay will disagree with you on that.
1: He always disagrees with me, it doesn't matter. <laughs> this episode is produced and edited by Carolyn Wright.
2: And we want to thank Brian Wong, Norman Musa, Anthony Tang, Shay Driscoll, Hari Raj, and Anderson Shah.
1: If you want to ask about
2: a dish or a drink,
1: tweet us at BurnUnitHK or at Alkira Frank. Eat Drink Asia is a monthly podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify and Stitches or basically anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, happy eating!